Last time on Cool Explorations, you just heard Andrew Williams uh, talk about his uh, battle with brain cancer, and he started off by just telling us a little about himself, sharing his testimony, and today we're really going to talk about that brain cancer that he started talking about last time, uh, and Joshua 1.9 is one section that really speaks to his battle, and that section of scripture here reads... Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So this is part two of a three-part segment that we're doing with uh, him, so today he's going to talk a little bit more about, about that battle that he has with cancer. But anyways, um, regarding, you know, uh, being, you know, uh, I guess kind of at home on bed rest, I started noticing things about my body. Like, you know, like aches, pains, things like that. And I discovered I had um I had a lump in my neck. And it was like it was rock hard. It was it was really solid. And I was like, whoa, what is this? So, you know, I was, you know, I was recovering. So I decided to do telehealth, you know, like um video chats yeah. with doctors and I, I told them my symptoms. And then most of them said, you know, um, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Just keep an eye on it. And then one doctor said, the worst that can happen is it's cancer, but that type of cancer that it could be. There's a 90% cure rate, so I wouldn't stress. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so I just kind of left it alone. And uh, and then after that, I, I just noticed that like this anxiety was still there. You know, that's what your doctor, what a doctor tells you. You know, you, you can't help but think about that, you know. So I decided to go clear my mind and I went to an arcade. And at the arcade, they have like, um, they have you done axe throwing? You know, taking throw an axe at a target. I haven't. I've I've seen it. We actually have it at, in, in the summer. They set up a little booth for that, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. So it's the first time I saw that was at this arcade, um, like close close to my home, and I went there. And when I was there, I was waiting in line for my turn. And there was this couple in front of me. Um, this, you know, they were just doing their thing, and all of a sudden, I had this intense feeling of anxiety. And I started um, have I started having like cold sweats. I got really scared because all the thoughts started coming in. It's like, oh, you know, you you're really sick. You don't know what's happening. You know, like blah blah blah. And this is gonna happen to you. And I got scared. And as soon as that hit me, and that that cycle of thought um, kept occurring, the woman in front of me was wearing um, a hoodie, and she turned around in that moment, and she took her hoodie off. And she was wearing a bright orange shirt. And then huge white letters on this bright orange shirt said, faith over fear. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, I know I was being spoken to. And I was like, calm down. You're letting the enemy get to you. And it was it was like, it was an amazing moment. And I was just like, okay, okay. Let's make a real in-person appointment with a with a specialist, an ENT, your nose and throat doctor. And so the next day I did, and I was able to get an appointment with him. I went to go see him. And, uh, you know, he checked it out, checked out the lump in my neck and he checked out my sinuses. And he says, well, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, anything, you know, too worrisome, but let's have a CT scan done. I was like, okay, doctor. So he sent me to have a CT scan on my sinuses and on my throat. And, uh, I go to meet with him the next day. He said, I got your results and uh, we found something that's a little strange. Uh, so let's have a talk about it. So I sat down and he said, we found, we found um, some polyps in your nose that, you know, we need to check, but I'm not that concerned about that. Um, the, 
the the lymph node in your neck that's hard um you know that's something we can get biops biopsy on but what i'm really concerned is um we noticed i, I looked at i looked at this with a with a radiologist and we noticed that something's sticking out behind your sinus and it's not it's it's not in your sinus but it's something that's not supposed to be there so i would like to send you to get an mri done today so i was like okay so i go to get an mri done the day after the mri i walk i get a call from him and his nurse or from his office and his nurse goes andrew are you busy right now i said no so she says you need to come in immediately i rush over to the office i sit down he walks in the door he closes that door behind him quickly and he just stares at me and he goes do you have any symptoms anything at all anything that's weird i said no i feel fine like for the most part you know I, nothing like urgent in the in the moment and he says we need to talk pulls up a chair sits right in front of me and he's holding all my mri scans and he says andrew um so i reviewed your scans and this is what this is what we found and he said there's a lemon-sized tumor brain tumor in your head and he said you you're telling me that no headaches no seizures nothing and i said no i don't feel a thing and he said okay and he says i need to refer you to a neurosurgeon immediately because we don't know the severity this isn't what i do um so as soon as we as soon as we're done with this meeting I'm going to send you down the hallway to the neurosurgeon in this building. And hopefully that you guys can get things, you know, get the ball rolling quickly. And so um, I was like, okay. So as soon as I left his office, went down the hall, went into another, another doctor's office um, and scheduled an appointment with him. So I, I had my appointment with him later. And so when I got there, he did a physical test on me. Um, just, you know, checked on, you know, like how my movements were and all this. And then so sat down at his desk and he had his computer up and uh, he's going through the scans with me, telling me what he wants to do. He's like, oh, yeah, giving me his background, you know, just kind of tell me all these details. And he says, so I see the tumor here. And what I would like to do is I would like to cut around it. And so I would, you know, I would be cutting out a part of your brain to get the tumor. And I want to tell you that most likely um you'll lose the ability to talk but don't worry it should come back <laughs> and so he tells me that and i was just like what <laughs> and then so he's so he's trying to go through my mri slides on his computer and he was having difficulty and he's you know he's an older gentleman and uh after giving him a few minutes i stood up i went behind his desk and i showed him how to use his own computer to go through the slides zoom in zoom out and you know just cycle through them that moment, I said, I am not letting you touch me. You can't even figure out how to just zoom in and out of your MRI slides on a computer that, you know, in your own office. I was like, mm -mm. so um, I, I left uh, I left uh, his office and I ended up going to uh, my general practitioner doctor. Um, and I, I told him what had happened and my diagnosis. And he says, OK, Andrew, so we need to get you uh, to see an oncologist so they can kind of see what's going on. And there's an oncologist in this building. And so um, I went to go, I went to go see this oncologist. And when I went there, he said, well, first off, Andrew, um, I don't have the proper equipment to look at your MRIs on the on the level I need to. And so but he says, from what I see, this definitely looks like brain cancer. And um, the next discussion we have to have is uh, based on so now you're a brain tumor patient we need to we need to have a discussion on how long you have left and i'm like excuse me 
you don't even know what I'm really diagnosed with, you know, the, the um, extent of it or anything. And you want to talk about how long, you know, on average I would have left to live. And I was like, mm, that doesn't sit well with me at all. But this is where I feel that divine intervention has uh, come to play. The night before I met with that oncologist, um, so I already knew I had a brain tumor. So I decided to research on it. And so uh, I was going through uh, online through all these sites, watching videos. And I came across this one video of this, uh, this neurosurgeon who was having a meeting with um, a scientist. And they were having a debate on how to address brain tumors. And the scientist says, oh, I have this clinic in Houston um, and where it's, uh, I use, I, I created this compound that can dissolve a tumor and things like that. And then this neurosurgeon was like, no, I don't agree with that. Because, you know, as a neurosurgeon, the only way to, you know, to treat a tumor is to remove it, chemo or radiation or all three. And so they had a debate. And I remember whenever I heard that neurosurgeon say that, I, I, I was just like, that's a very closed minded, you know, um, I guess term, I mean, way to approach things to think that there is no alternatives. It's just that and that alone. And, you know, regardless of whatever information or testimonies are out there, et cetera. I was like, he just didn't care. He was in very in a box. And so it doesn't sit well with me. I don't, you know, I don't like to um, interact with people that are just, you know, they don't like to, you know, think outside the box. Um, and so anyway, so it's funny. And why I said this, this is where divine intervention has kicked in. Going back to that meeting with that oncologist, um, he said, well, Andrew, do you have a neurosurgeon yet? I said, no, I don't. He said, um, I happen to know two neurosurgeons at Cedar sinai which is considered one of the best uh, hospitals in the United States. And I saw, I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and so he showed me two names of them. He said, do you know either one of these? Um, or do you have one that you would prefer me to contact? And as soon as he showed me the names, the first name he showed me was the name of the doctor I had watched the night before where I didn't resonate with. And I said, no, not him. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. And I didn't even know where this, this neurosurgeon I watched on this video was from. And so I saw it. I was like, wow, okay. And so I looked at the second name. I said, let's go with him. And so he texted him immediately. And uh, I got a call that day from that from that uh, neurosurgeon's office, the one I decided to go with. And it was his nurse. And she said, hi, this is so-and-so. Um, are you Andrew? Andrew Williams? I said, yes. And she's like, okay, so the doctor will... Um, uh, we'll make an appointment with you and, uh, yeah, you'll come into the office. So we'll have a consultation and we'll go from there. So I said, great. So, you know, so, uh, she said, we'll give you a call in a few days and we'll let you know. 30 minutes later, I got a call and I picked up and it's this man that I was just like, you know, who is this? He goes, this is Andrew. I said, yes. And he says, hi, this is Dr. You. And I said, okay, from where? And he said, um, I'm from, I'm from, you know, so-and-so and, -so and uh, I just got, I got a text message from an, my friend, an oncologist, and he sent me your information and I'd like to have a talk with you. We ended up talking for half an hour and he said, okay, so we're going to get you set up to come in and see me and we'll have a, a consultation go from there. I get a call from his nurse a few minutes later and she says, okay, Andrew, so, um, I need to set up your, your appointment with him and everything. And I told her, I said, um, I already spoke to him and she's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I didn't call you yet. I said, you didn't, but he did. And she said, are you, are you mistaken? I said, no, he, I literally just spoke to him. And she said, Andrew, I've been working with him for years. He has never called a patient. 
He has never called a patient to consult with them, to set up an appointment, anything. It's always been through us, his nurses. She's like, this is the first time I've ever heard of him doing this. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So anyway, so I got the appointment scheduled. I went into his office. And um, this is where things got really interesting. Um, he So came in, met with me, shook my hand, and pulled up my, my MRI scans on the computer. And he says, Andrew, I'm going to give you some history about me. So you know who I am. And so, you know, you're not just like, who's this random person? So he told me, he's like, Andrew, I've been doing this for my entire, my entire career as uh, brain tumors. I have patients who fly in from all over the world so I can operate on them because um, they trust in my, you know, my abilities. And I'm going to tell you now, from what I see, this is 80% more or more um, probability that this is brain cancer. And it's very close to your brainstem. So if it touches your brainstem, um, you were either going to drop dead immediately or immediately go into a coma. And it's already putting pressure there. And it's very close. And so this is my plan of action, what I want to do. This is like, you know, ABC, XYZ. And so he looks at me and he says, you're very stoic. You didn't say anything. Do you have any questions for me? And I just looked at him and I said, doctor, I have three questions for you. So number one, are you married with kids? said, yes. And I said, number two, do you have a son? And if you do have a son, everything you went through with me today, would you change a single thing? He said, yes, I do have a son. And no, I would not change a single thing. Number three, do you believe in God? And he goes, looks at me, he goes, I'm a Christian. And I said, okay, now I need to tell you this, doctor. I said, I truly believe that I was sent here by God to you. For you to be able to use your skills, use your wisdom, use your knowledge, use your hands to remove this tumor from my head. But however, I do not believe in your diagnosis of cancer because I only believe what my creator says for me. And you are not my creator because he created you as well. And so he looked at me, he shook my hand, smiled, and he left. Anyways, we got the, we got the surgery scheduled. So I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the, uh, I'm sitting in the um, the pre-op room and I'm there with, you know, my mom, my sister um, and some other people and some, you know, some friends. And my sister had flown over from Singapore, you know, as soon as she found out, she flew over here. And it's interesting is um, my sister and my mom have a rather estranged relationship, just, you know, like they don't get along too well. And so uh, they're both there at the same time. And my mom flew in from Florida. So everyone kind of came to me. So yeah, I'm so I'm over here. And so I'm sitting in the, you know, in the pre-op room. And, you know, uh, a doctor arrives and I ask him, and he's telling me, like, you know, we're getting prepped and this is, you know, how it's gonna go. And then so I said, Doctor, I said, uh, can we pray? And he said, Absolutely. So I got I held hands with him, my mom, and then sisters, and there's like a her sister, and then there's like a you know, a ring of us, and we're all praying together. I, you know, I lead the prayer. And then um, I can I can feel the tension between my mom and my sister. And so he goes off, you know, does he get he preps for the for the operation. And so my mom handed me this cross and it's called the hope cross. And she said, I got this for you and you hold on to it when you're scared. And I was like, OK. And so I was holding on to it and I looked at my sister and I looked at my mom and I says, I told them. I know you guys haven't been on, haven't had the best relationship through the years, but I, I'm telling you now. I need you guys to, you know, to come together again. And I took their hands and I, I made them hold hands and I put my hands over both of theirs together. And I said, 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I need you guys to love each other again. And I said, you got to squash whatever it is. You know, it's not worth it. And I started crying and my sister and my sister and my mom started crying. And I said, life is too short. You can't let this get to you. You can't let this get in between you. And so, you know, um, anyways, the anesthesiologist came and the nurses came and they said, Andrew, we're ready for you. And so anesthesiologist, you know, you know he injected me. And um, next thing I know, I, I open my eyes and I'm and I look around and I'm thinking, when are we going to go into the OR? You know, when are we going to start this? And then all of a sudden they're rolling this, my, they're rolling my bed. I'm laying in the bed. They're rolling me away. And then they put me in a room and I'm looking around and I see, um, I see my sister there and I'm so confused. And I'm just thinking like, you know, why am I still waiting? And then I realized I already had the surgery <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, but here's, here's where it gets a little weird. Um, the nurses came and started talking to me, asking me these things. And I realized I go to go to talk to them, but I can't talk. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Your your brain is like, say this, but then you go to speak and you just don't know how. Mm. You just like words don't come out. It's just like, Ugh. and you're like, that didn't sound right. And then it would switch. I noticed sometimes I wouldn't be able to talk, but then sometimes I wouldn't be able to understand what's coming in, but I'd be able to speak. It was the strangest feeling. And it, I felt so like trapped in my own like my own head and so when i was sitting in the icu i finally realized i had surgery and that was the pain hit the pain was so intense um then i just i didn't know how to comprehend even the painkillers they give me yeah i mean you know literally you know they, they cut open my head and you know took my took part of my skull out so i was like oh my gosh and so i i got up out of the uh i got up out of my bed in the icu i started walking and some weird reason my my mind said you got to get out of here. You got hurt. You need to exit this place because it caused you pain. So I saw the door, exit door. I started walking towards it. And the nurses came like, whoa, whoa, whoa Andrew, no, no, you can't. You need to lie down. And so I'm just like, no, no, I, I shouldn't be here. And then so I'm, I'm in a hospital robe. I don't have like, I don't have underwear or anything. I just have socks and a hospital robe and the back isn't tied. And so my butt is just all up <laughs> like in the air. And I have nurses chasing me down the hallway. And the nurses are like, they're like, have their arms wrapped. They're like, Andrew, no, you got to get back. And then I was, I wasn't, I was just like so adamant. I was like, I gotta get out of here. That they called, they called the police on me to help them subdue me and put me back in my bed. And so they're, they're trying to be really gentle because I literally was out of surgery for like an hour ago or less. And then, so they're just like, we gotta be careful. So they went, they got me back to my bed and they ushered me back. And then they kind of like, they kind of like, like kind of gently tied me down. So I wouldn't like move. Cause I was just like, ah. um, but anyways, I calmed down and, and then, uh, you know, the nurses came and they're just, they try to give me a catheter. And my sister is like, don't do that. He's not going to like that. <laughs> so, you know, so um, I'm so glad for my sister for standing up for me because I didn't know what was happening. So I fell asleep and I woke up and uh, I woke up to the, the neurosurgeon by my side. And he said, Andrew, um, how are you feeling? And I, I go to speak and I can't, I, I still can't talk. I was like, okay. And that's, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, that's, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. And so I could just either nod my head or I could make a sound or something close to, you know, something like that I understood him. And so he says, well, I'm, I'm here to let you know how the surgery went. And so I was like, okay. Um, he says, well, 
I was the the tumor was on the speech portion of your brain, and there's a lot of swelling. And he said that uh, I was I was only able to remove ninety five percent of it because the five percent I left was wrapped around a blood vessel, and I didn't want to risk nicking that blood vessel and you bleeding to death. And so he said, um, I had the tumor tested twice. One, we looked to see if it spread to other parts of your brain. And two is we took um, the tumor, a piece of that tumor, and we sent it to pathology immediately. And we just got the results back, and I'm going to go over it with you. Uh, and then so I just kind of nod my head, and I'm just looking. I'm laying down looking at I'm on, I'm on my side in fetal position looking up at him. And then he says, so the results came back, and I need to tell you that my diagnosis was wrong. It's benign. And I looked at him. I smiled. And I closed my eyes. And that was, that was, I knew in that moment that I had done the right thing. And I, and I, I stuck to my guns. I, I believed. And that changed so many things. Now, I'm not saying recovery was easy, but from that moment on, it, that was a game changer. Thank you for listening to Cool Explorations. You've just been listening to Andrew Williams, a brain cancer survivor, talk about his battle with cancer, what the battle was like, and about his surviving, and how God has really worked through his life to create a miracle in his heart as well as a miracle in his body. And uh, he wants to leave us off with a piece of advice for those who are battling with seemingly insurmountable health issues. He's got some really important advice that he's just left us with. I hope that you've enjoyed part two of this conversation, and I hope that you'll tune in tomorrow to hear the conclusion of this wonderful conversation. If you would like to reach me for any reason, you can do so at tpeters745 at gmail.com.